Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Our next um, contributor is James Ravenhall. He's a serving police officer, did lots of years in firearms training, had his, has his own story to tell. Um, and I'll get to him now. I'm James Ravenhall. I'm an inspector at Thames Valley Police. I'm currently a neighbourhood inspector. Okay, the reason why I got into this field, in addition to like my day job, is that I've had my own personal health problems uh, physically and mentally. Uh, unfortunately, probably like most officers with more experience, um, I got diagnosed with anxiety, secondary trauma, depression, some PTSD from an incident back in 2008. Um, all this kind of led to quite bad insomnia. My mental health and physical condition kind of went downhill over 10 years, which I handled quite badly, like probably most police officers did. To combat the fatigue, I used caffeine far too much with um, things like gym pre-workouts to stay alert. During my time in firearms command, you can imagine there's no margins for error, so you always need to make sure that you're on fire. And then, unfortunately, then to bring myself down, I got, I wouldn't say addicted to prescription sleeping tablets, but I did become reliant on Sopraclone to bring myself back down. Unfortunately, this combination of um extremes led to my system getting very dehydrated led me to having kidney damage i developed gout of all things which meant i had to go on tablets called allopurinol to help my system clean itself and then gradually obviously my mental health went down as well eventually uh, went through occupational health went to my own doctor and i finally accepted medication uh, about this time last year which has been kind of revolutionary for me once you start looking at the problem i mean the police federation um, detailed some figures back in 2000, 2009, where over 40 officers had died in similar circumstances driving to and from work. I believe there was one officer called Stacey Pike, and from what I read, she was 20, and it was her first night shift. She'd only been a police officer for a week. And then you look at the wider research, um, and there's lots of local studies, but if you go as far as, for example, the World Health Organization, They've scientifically linked the lack of sleep with cancer, pure immunity, uh, poor immunity, cardiac disease, strokes, and identified nights as a work, working, working nights as an aggravating factor. And all this kind of adds up and you, you kind of realise, and this is, not, this is not just my police force, I've worked in numerous police forces, and for the best of my knowledge and from our conversations with the College of Policing, no officers, no staff get any kind of introduction about how to manage shift work we actually get more input on how to maintain uh, police officer safety, how to maintain our voxel asterisk, or um, how to use our new smart mobile phones when they arrive. But if you look at the productivity, it's things like complaints are always higher on nights, um, accidents are always higher on nights, assaults are always higher on nights, because scientifically, um, depending on your circadian rhythm, but especially for most people, we're not supposed to be awake during those hours. And I believe the science shows that after 35, it becomes very difficult for someone to function in a night shift. And then when you look at some of the other dangers that are ignored, um, there was a study that showed after 17 to 19 hours of wakefulness, your performance on many tests drops below that found at the legal limits of alcohol for safe driving. 
and this is that's why a lot of people unfortunately pass away having micro sleeps on on the way home and i personally myself have done that and i was always in denial of it right so some of the main points of um james here police die driving to and from work seems a little bit unnecessary we're not supposed to be awake at night complaints accidents and assaults are more frequent during the night um that's quite interesting and after 17 hours of wakefulness performance can be as low as that below the legal driving limit now do you want police officers you know bimbling about completely tired and fatigued throughout the night in that state um i don't think we i don't think we do do you need some quick comments and then maybe we can answer um get to some questions that have come in yeah, just in, in respect of the, the the accidents that people have driving home from work. Uh, when you're sleep deprived, you have a 20% greater chance of having a road traffic accident. Uh, and certainly for me, I'm aware of at least three or four colleagues um, who had accidents on the way home. Two of them wrote the cars off and they were lucky to climb out of them with with just scratches. Um, and again, it's it's this whole, you know, trying to fight against the Sicilian, um rhythm your, your, your body clock it's it's fighting against that because we're not we're not designed to be awake now clearly there's nothing we can do about shifts we have to work shifts because we have to be there 24 7 but we do have to start looking at the way we we, we have shifts arranged to give people the, the best opportunity um to get to get the sleep that they require and to give them coping mechanisms and i think james brought up a really great point that yeah we, we're told more about looking after a car um that has a whole garage of mechanics to look after it than we are about looking after ourselves. And I think this is absolutely something that needs to come in at the very early stages of being a police officer so that cops understand from day one the best way to look after themselves so that these kind of things don't happen. Yeah, let's see what James Ravenall has to say, what we should be doing. We need to have an education on the benefits of a good sleep. So that's concentration, alertness, creativity, decision-making, health, attention, social skills, improved problem-solving, all things that are key for police officers and police staff. Poor sleep, you've got your mood changes, your stress, your levels of anger, your tendency to rely on prescription drugs or uh, non-prescribed drugs, and pit tired people are massively stressed. As you come on tonight, you hoped that you'll go to bed maybe about seven, eight o'clock. There are things that you can do on the way home. Wear sunglasses, for example. Don't let your eyes uh, get used to the daylight. Don't drink caffeine too late. I always try to stop drinking caffeine at 12 noon or at, uh, at midnight, just so the caffeine was out of my system. Try not to use too many stimulants before you go to bed, the usual stuff. Don't go on electrical devices. Don't overstimulate your brain. Don't start jobs. Don't exercise too late because it raises your body temperature and then you will struggle. Try and keep your room cool. Try and you wear earplugs if you can as well. Let your family know what's going on in terms of your sleeping patterns. Don't arrange for any deliveries that are going to come and just really prep for your for your night shifts and what's going on. The organisation has a moral responsibility to mitigate the threats that we've talked about already. And I'd, I'd say they need to do that through education and awareness. But I think individuals as well, we are not excusing individuals of their responsibilities. The organisations have an obligation to provide the education that's necessary. But personally, people need to live correctly, manage time correctly, eat correctly, prepare themselves in the best condition for their work. And as you change, share your problems and, uh, and adapt and take the learning. 
Yeah, so some very helpful tips there on how to manage sleeping and shift work. And we need education on that. We need to tell officers how to handle night shifts. If we're telling them how to drive a police car, how we not? why are we not telling them how to handle shifts? Ginny. Yeah, I mean, some great insights there, some very practical tips there from James. And also, I love the, the whole thing about the collective responsibility for our mental health. For sure, the organisation has got responsibility, but each and every one of us has got responsibility for ourselves as well. So it's about working together as a collective and, and getting this thing managed. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.